Section 14 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton. Section 14, 280th Night to 283rd Night. When it was the two hundred and eightieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Isaac of Mosul continued. Then the damsel called for food, and when it was served to her, she fell to eating it, and setting it before me. And the sitting-room was full of all manner sweet-scented flowers and rare fruits, such as are never found save in king's houses. Presently she called for wine and drank a cup, after which she filled another and gave it to me, saying, Now is the time for converse and story-telling. So I bethought myself, and began to say, It hath reached me that such and such things happened, and there was a man who said so and so, till I had told her a number of pleasing tales and adventures with which she was delighted, and cried, Tis marvellous that a merchant should bear in memory such store of stories like these, for they are fit for kings. Quoth I, I had a neighbour who used to consort with kings, and carouse with them. So when he was at leisure, I visited his house, and he hath often told me what thou hast heard. Thereupon she exclaimed, By my life, but thou hast a good memory. So we continued to converse thus, and as often as I was silent she would begin, till in this way we passed the most part of the night, whilst the burning aloes wood diffused its fragrance, and I was in such case that if Alma Amun had suspected it, he would have flown like a bird with longing for it. Then said she to me, Verily, thou art one of the most pleasant of men, polished, passing well-bred and polite, but there lacketh one thing. "'What is that?' asked I, and she answered, "'If thou only knew how to sing verses to the lute!' I answered, "'I was passionately fond of this art aforetime, but finding I had no taste for it, I abandoned it. Though at times my heart yearneth after it. Indeed, I should love to sing somewhat well at this moment, and fulfil my night's enjoyment.' Then said she, "'Meseemeth thou hintest a wish for the lute to be brought?' and I. It is thine to decide, if thou wilt so far favour me, and to thee be the thanks. So she called for a lute, and sang a song in a voice whose like I never heard, both for sweetness of tone, and skill in playing, and perfection of art. Then said she, Knowest thou who composed this air, and whose are the words of this song? No, answered I, and she said, The words are so-and-so's, and the air is Isaac's. I asked, and hath Isaac then, may I be thy sacrifice, such a talent? She replied, Bravo, bravo, Isaac, indeed, he excelleth in this art. I rejoined, Glory be to Allah who hath given this man what he hath vouchsafed unto none other. Then she said, And how would it be, and thou heard this song from himself? This wise we went on, till break of day dawn, when there came to her an old woman, as she were her nurse, and said to her, Verily, the time is come. So she rose in haste, and said to me, Keep what hath passed between us to thyself, for such meetings are in confidence. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and eighty-first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the damsel whispered, Keep what hath passed between us to thyself, for such meetings are in confidence. And I replied, 
May I be thy ransom, I needed no charge to this. Then I took leave of her, and she sent a handmaid to show me the way, and opened the house door. So I went forth and returned to my own place, where I prayed the morning prayer and slept. Now after a time there came to me a messenger from Al-Ma'amun, so I went to him and passed the day in his company. And when the night fell I called to mind my yesternight's pleasure, a thing from which none but an ignoramus would abstain, and betook myself to the street where I found the basket, and seating myself therein, was drawn up to the place in which I had passed the previous night. When the lady saw me, she said, Indeed, thou hast been assiduous. And I answered, Meseemeth rather that I am neglectful. Then we fell to discoursing, and passed the night as before in general conversation, and reciting verses, and telling rare tales, each in turn, till daybreak, when I wended me home, and I prayed the dawn prayer, and slept. Presently there came to me a messenger from Al-Ma'amun, so I went to him, and spent my day with him till nightfall, when the commander of the faithful said to me, I conjure thee to sit here whilst I go out for a want, and come back. As soon as the caliph was gone, and quite gone, my thoughts began to tempt and try me, and calling to mind my late delight, I recked little what might befall me from the prince of true believers. So I sprang up, and turning my back upon the sitting-room, ran to the street aforesaid, where I sat down in the basket, and was drawn up as before. When the lady saw me, she said, I begin to think thou art a sincere friend to us. Quoth I, Yea, by Allah! And quoth she, Hast thou made our house thine abiding-place? I replied, May I be thy ransom. A guest claimeth guest-right for three days, and if I return after this ye are free to spill my blood. Then we passed the night as before, and when the time of departure drew near, I bethought me that Al-Ma'amun would assuredly question me, nor would ever be content save with a full explanation. So I said to her, I see thee to be of those who delight in singing. Now I have a cousin, the son of my father's brother, who is fairer than I in face, and higher of rank and better of breeding, and he is the most intimate of Allah's creatures with Isaac. Quoth she, Art thou a parasite and an importunate one? Quoth I, It is for thee to decide in this matter. And she, If thy cousin be as thou hast described him, it would not mislike us to make acquaintance with him. Then, as the time was come, I left her, and returned to my house, but hardly had I reached it ere the caliph's runners came down on me, and carried me before him by main force, and roughly enough. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and eighty-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Isaac of Mosul continued, and hardly had I reached my house ere the caliph's runners came down upon me, and carried me before him by main force and roughly enough. I found him seated on a chair, wroth with me, and he said to me, O Isaac, art thou a traitor to thine allegiance? replied I, No, by Allah, O commander of the faithful. And he rejoined, What hast thou then to say? Tell me the whole truth. And I, Yes, I will, but in private. So he signed to his attendants, who withdrew to a distance, and I told him the case, adding, I promised her to bring thee. And he said, Thou didst well. Then we spent the day in our usual pleasures, but Al-Ma'amun's heart was taken up with her, and hardly was the appointed time come when we set out. As we went along I cautioned him, saying, Look that thou call me not by my name before her, and I will demean myself like thine attendant. And having agreed upon this, we fared forth till we came to the place, where we found two baskets hanging ready. So we sat down in them, and were drawn up to the usual place, where the damsel came forward and saluted us. 
Now when Al-Ma'amun saw her, he was amazed at her beauty and loveliness, and she began to entertain him with stories and verses. Presently she called for wine, and we fell to drinking, she paying him special attention, and he repaying her in kind. Then she took the lute and sang these verses. My lover came in at the close of night, I rose till he sat and remained upright, and said, Sweetheart, hast thou come this hour? Nor feared on the watch and ward till light. Quoth he, The lover had cause to fear, but love deprived him of wits and fright. And when she ended her song, she said to me, And is thy cousin also a merchant? I answered, Yes. And she said, Indeed, ye resemble each other nearly. But when Al-Ma'amun had drunk three pints, he grew merry with wine, and called out, saying, Ho, Isaac! And I replied, La baik adsum, O commander of the faithful! Whereupon quoth he, Sing me this air. Now when the young lady learned that he was the caliph, she withdrew to another place and disappeared. And as I had made an end of my song, Al-Ma'amun said to me, See who is the master of this house. Whereupon an old woman hastened to make answer, saying, It belongs to Hassan bin Sal. Fetch him to me, said the caliph. So she went away, and after a while, behold, in came Hassan, to whom said Al-Ma'amun, Hast thou a daughter? he said. Yes, and her name is Khadija. Asked the caliph, Is she married? Answered Hassan, No, by Allah. Said Al-Ma'amun, Then I ask her of thee in marriage. Replied her father, O commander of the faithful, she is thy handmaid and at thy commandment. Quoth Al-Ma'amun, I take her to wife at a present settlement of thirty thousand dinars, which thou shalt receive this very morning, and when the money has been paid thee, do thou bring her to us this night. And Hassan answered, I hear and I obey. Thereupon we went forth, and the caliph said to me, O Isaac, tell this story to no one. So I kept it secret till Al-Ma'amun's death. Surely never did man's life gather such pleasures as were mine these four days' time whenas I accompanied with Al-Ma'amun by day, and Khadija by night. And by Allah, never saw I among men the like of Al-Ma'amun, nor among women have I ever set eyes on the like of Khadija, no, nor on any that came near her in lively wit and pleasant speech, and Allah is all-knowing. But amongst stories is that of the sweep and the noble lady. During the season of the Meccan pilgrimage, whilst the people were making circuit about the holy house and the place of compassing was crowded, behold, a man laid hold of the covering of the Kaaba, and cried out from the bottom of his heart, saying, I beseech thee, O Allah, that she may once again be wroth with her husband, and that I may know her. A company of the pilgrims heard him, and seized him, and carried him to the emir of the pilgrims, after a sufficiency of blows. And, said they, O emir, we found this fellow in the holy places, saying thus and thus, so the emir commanded to hang him, but he cried, O emir, I conjure thee by the virtue of the apostle, whom Allah bless and preserve. Hear my story, and then do with me as thou wilt. Quoth the emir, Tell thy tale forthright. Know then, O emir, quoth the man, that I am a sweep who works in the sheep slaughterhouses and carries off the blood and the offal to the rubbish heaps outside the gates. And it came to pass, as I went along one day with my ass loaded, I saw the people running away, and one of them said to me, Enter this alley, lest haply they slay thee. Quoth I, What aileth the folk running away? And one of the eunuchs who were passing said to me, This is the harem of one of the notables, and her eunuchs drive the people out of her way, and beat them all, without respect to persons. 
So I turned aside with the donkey. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and eighty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that quoth the man, So I turned aside with the donkey, and stood still awaiting the dispersal of the crowd. And I saw a number of eunuchs with staves in their hands, followed by nigh thirty woman slaves, and amongst them a lady as she were a willow-wand or a thirsty gazelle, perfect in beauty and grace and amorous languor, and all were attending upon her. Now when she came to the mouth of the passage where I stood, she turned right and left, and calling one of the castratos, whispered in his ear, and behold, he came up to me and laid hold of me, whilst another eunuch took my ass and made off with it. And when the spectators fled, the first eunuch bound me with a rope and dragged me after him till I knew not what to do, and the people followed us and cried out, saying, This is not allowed of Allah! What hath this poor scavenger done that he should be bound with ropes? And praying the eunuchs, Have pity on him, and let him go, so Allah have pity on you. And I the while said in my mind, Doubtless the eunuch received me, because their mistress smelt the stink of the offal, and it sickened her. Belike she is with child, or ailing. But there is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. So I continued walking on behind them, till they stopped at the door of a great house, and entering before me, brought me into a big hall. I know not how I shall describe its magnificence, furnished with the finest furniture. And the women also entered the hall, and I, bound and held by the eunuch, and saying to myself, Doubtless they will torture me here till I die, and none know of my death. However, after a while, they carried me into a neat bathroom leading out of the hall, and as I sat there, behold, in came three slave-girls, who seated themselves round me, and said to me, Strip off thy rags and tatters. So I pulled off my threadbare clothes, and one of them fell a-rubbing my legs and feet, whilst another scrubbed my head, and a third shampooed my body. When they had made an end of washing me, they brought me a parcel of clothes, and said to me, Put these on. And I answered, By Allah, I know not how. So they came up to me and dressed me, laughing together at me the while, after which they brought casting-bottles full of rose-water, and sprinkled me therewith. Then I went out with them, into another saloon. By Allah I know not how to praise its splendour for the wealth of paintings and furniture therein, and entering it I saw a person seated on a couch of Indian rattan. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 14